Welcome to the Charlotte Shields Coaching Podcast. I have real answers from real spouses of how to uplevel your marriage, even if you've lost hope. You can be the spouse you want to be, and you'll feel appreciated, cared for, and desired again. Let's create your marriage miracle. It's simple, but not easy. Nothing worth having ever is. Stick around to learn what it takes to create the marriage you've always dreamed of. Hey, y'all. So excited that you are here. Guess what? I have a special treat today, which I have been more excited about than a lot of things in a while. This is Tia Smith, and she actually lives close by. We met playing pickleball. Do you think a year or two ago? Probably about. Yeah, yeah it's been a yeah. while. And she was really awesome at pickleball, <laughs> but that's not her best quality. Better. <laughs> no, that's not her best quality. But so she put a book out recently. Was it a couple months ago? It was in February. February. Yeah. And as soon as she put it out, I bought it. And then I bought one for all of my sisters. So I'll have her talk about her book. But the main thing that I learned from her book was the one that my takeaway was to start recording my personal revelation that I received each day. And I think you do it all day long, but I basically have the capacity right now <laughs> to do it in the morning. I have some quiet time and I just record what's coming to my head that I feel like is coming from Heavenly Father. And it's made a huge difference. Like, I am so glad I bought your book. So oh, thank you. Basically, Tia's here to talk about anything she wants to talk about. We've had a <laughs> conversation before. I felt inspired in my daily revelation to call her and ask her to be on the podcast. And she agreed. So super excited to hear your story or about your book, whatever you think, Tia. Well, um, I, this is a new experience for me, obviously. Um, and the book thing came out of nowhere for me. It's not like I have, um, I'm not trained. I'm not college mm -hmm. educated. I was a stay at home mom for a long time. And so I, I feel like the book was, you know, when, um, the prophet has said, if you don't like going to the temple, then mm -hmm. go more often. Mm -hmm. It was one of those acts of faith where if you want to have more faith, then you need to, um, can, you need to do something that would force you to have more faith. And, mm -hmm. um, just a little background about me. And because this is a marriage podcast, yeah. I thought that I would probably put in a little bit of pre-information so that you kind of know where I'm coming from. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm the oldest of seven and I originally, and mm -hmm. my parents got married and then, um, at the age of nine, um, they divorced and it, it, it wasn't a very nice one. I list to say it took a long time and even is still kind of, I don't think that you can go through something like that and not have residual effects from it. Right. Um, my dad married a total of seven times, which <laughs> so like my idea of marriage was skewed in so many different ways. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I went to college, I met and married someone in six months. I was 18 at the time and, um, he returned missionary, you know, mm -hmm. doing all the things. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we had an experience in our life that really um, changed the trajectory of everything mm -hmm. of our marriage of like just how we were going to live um in 1994 um he worked for a chemical company and he was asked um to go into a vat of nitric acid <laughs> and turn the the acid off the valve off um so that it wouldn't cause you know catastrophic yeah. problems yeah anyways so he went in there and, um, ended up burning his legs and is 35% disabled, um, went to a burn unit and that started this journey of, um, we had a, a little boy at the time and it started this journey of this marriage of, um, like that I wasn't expecting, right. You get married and it's going to, you think, right. Look a certain way. Yes. <laughs> Especially because you married the right one. Right. The and right obviously one. your parents didn't, but right. you did. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> so it started this journey of um addiction. Mm -hmm. And um, because at the time the doctors just handed out 
pain pills like yeah. candy. Mm-hmm. It was just what they did. Um, it was kind of a um, thing that they, that was the main treatment. Yeah. And burns hurt burns really bad, hurt really bad, really bad. And it was, it was so bad. Like I was his nurse at the time I would have to, we'd have to change his dress dressings twice a day and every expletive that you yeah. can imagine. Um, he, I mean, it was just so painful, oh, so many surgeries, but what happened was, and we had only been married probably a year and a half at the time Oh my word! where, um, I started, he completely changed obviously with mm-hmm. the experience and the drugs. Mm-hmm. And then I think that I became like a wife of the addiction mm-hmm. and not necessarily to my husband per mm-hmm. se. Cause he, mm-hmm. he wasn't the same person and, and I wasn't the same person. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're newly married. You're trying to figure this thing out. You just had a baby. And then all of a sudden um, addiction gets thrown into it. And you try to navigate that as much as possible, but addiction is a, um, an, a tricky thing where, um, it's just hard to be real with each other, I think. And mm-hmm. the reality of the relationship is the addiction. Like everything always goes back to that. Right. And as much as you try to, you know, make it about something else, it never is and never will be. Mm-hmm. And it was about 15 years of that. And it was no, well, I think even more, actually, it was probably more than that. Um, but for some reason I have in my mind 15, mm-hmm. but I think it was more like actually 20, but it mm-hmm. was just, and it got to a point to where, um, we were so dysfunctional in so many ways. And we had tried, like, you know, you try to do things that better your marriage and you try to do right. all the things, but really when it comes down to it, um, the only one in that situation, I believe that could help was God. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we take out of that relationship, we mm-hmm. take God out of it. Right. And we think I've got to mm-hmm. solve Fix her this. problem. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I've got to like, mm-hmm. but you don't have the power to, mm-hmm. it's too big. It's too big it's and too it's too big. much. Mm-hmm. And I, so I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm, I think I'm done. Like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. It was just becoming a lot, a lot for him and a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of begins my journey of revelation be, be, because before then I was just, <laughs> just winging it, <laughs> surviving, right? And, surviving, yeah, idea, sure. and I think that's where we are, what we're, where we sit is that our whole idea of revelation is this, this kind of ethereal, like, okay, I got to hear him, but it was not something that I understood. Right. I, I didn't get it. I didn't either right? for a very long time. And you're in the thralls of motherhood and mm-hmm. you're in the thralls of parenting and you're mm-hmm. trying to just survive and figure le- your life out. And um, I got to the point where I needed to hear his voice mm-hmm. on this thing in particular, right. because it's a pretty major thing to yeah. decide, mm-hmm. right? So um, I remember getting a blessing, I'm sorry, from my dad he's passed away and that's why this is far, mm-hmm. but, um, I got a blessing from my dad and in the blessing, he said, you need to ask your father in heaven, what you need to do in this situation. And he had his own opinion right. on what should happen. Right. Everyone around us had right. their own opinions of what should happen. Right. Yeah. But they don't have the eternal knowledge that right. God has or the foreknowledge of mm-hmm. what can happen and what's possible. Mm-hmm. So I remember going, okay, but I don't know if he, if I really even would understand the answer. Right. But I, so after I kneeled down and I really, I just, I I felt like I prepared enough. I felt like I, um, did everything, you know, checked all the bar boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kneeled down and I prayed and I asked heavenly father, what was supposed to happen? What he would say that I needed to do in this situation. And I was completely open to whatever the answer was, mm-hmm. but I was pretty sure that I knew what the answer was going to be. Which right? is leave, right? Leave, right. Yeah. Or whatever, uh-huh. or choose to go a different way. Right. And he said to me um, very clearly that you need to stay. And I remember going, <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you kidding? 
like I have all of these reasons and he has all of these reasons and we have all of these reasons. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that receiving revelation is the easier part than actually doing doing it. What you've been totally agree, especially if it goes against what you think that you should do. And what would be the easier, I mean, it It, seems easier. It seems easier. It seems easier at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, well, that was surprising to me to say the least. Yeah. And, um, but do I believe in God? Do I believe what he says or not? Mm -hmm. My whole life, you know, I've been raised in the gospel Mm -hmm. and my whole life I've been, I've been taught that God knows that God will help you Mm -hmm. and all of those things. Mm -hmm. But when you get down to the brass tacks of right, everything, right. You, you really believe that. Mm-hmm. And I really had to sit in it for a little while and go, okay, what do I believe? And then um, I decided, okay, well then God's just going to make it all okay. Mm-hmm. Right. If he, if he yeah, told me if to he made, stay, he's making me stay. Right. He's not fix it all. <laughs> he's going to fix me. He's right. going to fix him. Right. We're all just going to be uh-huh. happy. And um, I just felt like that was what was going to happen. Well, the opposite happened. And the surprising thing about the whole thing was that he started teaching me through little ways. And still, I was not understanding revelation. Mm -hmm. I know what I had gotten Mm because it was so clear that you couldn't not, you you couldn't not understand Mm it. Um, but he started changing me. And I thought, oh, what? Right. He's the one with the problem. And so he started softening my heart and really um, showing me ways that I could um, be a wife to my husband mm-hmm. and not a wife to the addiction mm-hmm. or however. And I started really recognizing the positive things that he was doing instead mm-hmm. of focusing on every little single right. thing that compounded into this big right. thing. And I was surprised about that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I was surprised, but I was definitely like, okay, but I was open to the change because if he said it, right, then it must it be right. Must be right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, working through this, um, it started kind of softening my husband's heart a little bit because I wasn't like on his case or I wasn't like, um, reacting to whatever Mm -hmm. the addiction was, whatever was happening Mm -hmm. that day. And, um, I started seeing this kind of beautiful dance. Um, and it's one thing when you include the Lord in your relationship, Mm -hmm. that's when the miracles really start to happen. Yeah. Right. I totally agree too. I just feel like that sometimes we don't give him the space Mm -hmm. in our relationships to um, teach and we're not open to whatever the answer is. We've, we feel like it should be a certain way and everyone's telling us it should be a certain way, Mm -hmm. but God's ways are not our ways. And that's for sure. We can't know what the end is from the beginning unless we include him. Did it make everything perfect? No, it's been a long road mm-hmm. back. There's been several experiences. Um, and one of the things that the Lord really put into my place, and it was kind of through an Alma, the younger experience. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he, that he had that I wasn't doing at the time was I wasn't doing regular um, temple attendance. Mm-hmm. Like the temple wasn't even really a part of my life. Mm-hmm. I was mothering. I was And, you know, I may not even been worthy at that time to go to the temple Mm -hmm. or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be, but it was a huge, um, near, near death. Well, it actually wasn't a near death experience. It was actually a lady passing away, um, in front of our eyes, in our arms. And we had this miraculous experience where both of our hearts and spirits were touched through this lady that we only knew for a split second because she passed quickly in my arms. And I remember that night, the, the, um, the, uh, ambulance people were concerned, mm-hmm. um, because they're like, I, it's a traumatic experience right? to have and, someone die. Yeah. To have someone die. And, and it wasn't like, it was like a gravel truck hitting this little Honda. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just so bad in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And 
I, and I'm like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm sure I'm fine. And I, but I went home that night and I was sitting on the couch and all of a sudden, like this flood of just trauma mm-hmm. came up and I'm sitting there crying. And very, very specifically, I felt at this time, her arms around me, the lady who died, the lady who died, mm-hmm. her name was Luann Claire Hyde Meekum. Um, and she was just like, and the story still goes on even six mm-hmm. months ago, but, mm-hmm. um, what happened was she put her arms around me and she said, you need to get back to the temple. Hmm. And I remember telling Darren that, and he's like, what? Because at that time, the idea of that was so far away. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I made the changes of that needed to be, um, that needed to happen for me in my mm-hmm. life. And mm-hmm. I, went back to the temple and I promised the Lord that if I would go, um, once a week, that somehow the promise that he had made to me, Mm -hmm. you know, a while ago Mm -hmm. about staying and that things would work out, Mm -hmm. that if I did that, then he, in some way, whatever, how he does it would make the relationship. Okay. And, and I, so, and it was hard. It was hard at the time. Um, and, you know, he wasn't necessarily on board with it, but he, it wasn't just you or him. It was just me just at you. the okay. time. Mm-hmm. I, and I said, we need to get back to the right. temple, but I can't make decisions. Right. right? right. I mean, that's just allowing adults to be adults. That's one of the things I teach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I knew, and as I went back to the temple, I started having these really cool experiences with the veil being thin hmm. and I started noticing the power that comes from that and the change mm-hmm. that was coming from that. And his heart was changing and my heart was changing. And, um, you know, here we sit today. Um, actually tomorrow will be our 31st wedding anniversary. That is something to celebrate. So, very, especially, especially where you've been. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> this is it's kind of like, Oh, I'm like killing it in my family. <laughs> but like, so, but it, you know, and people listening who know me may go, well, I know their relationship isn't perfect. And mm-hmm. I 100% right. totally agree, but there is absolutely no way for it to be perfect because right. he's not perfect and I'm not perfect. Right. But that promise and that revelation that I received so many years ago mm-hmm. is playing itself out because of the trust and the faith that I had in that instant and moment and the change that I have experienced and that he has experienced Mm -hmm. through it. So I just, but here's the thing. If you don't get your errand from the Lord, Mm -hmm. you're not going to know what to do. Right. Right. And my answer may not be the same for someone else's situation. Yeah. I always coach people who are having marriage issues and they're like, what should I do? I say, I have no idea. You and God need to figure out what you need to do. Because I can, I would never know what yeah. you're supposed to do. And I think the hard part is, is that we go around asking other people's right. opinions, right? Right. Like here's a here's an expert, right? What, what should I do? <laughs> what should I do? Yeah. But in reality, the only one that has full knowledge of the situation, both him and you, because right. you don't want just your, your perspective, yeah, right. And so the only one is God, and He's the only one with the eternal perspective, exactly. The long game instead of right now, which is all we see today, yesterday, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's true. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that, especially in our war, in our world today, where we want to have instant fix, Mm -hmm. right? We want this to be instantly fixed. We want this to be instantly. Okay. We want them to instantly change. Mm -hmm. Um, but in reality it is eternal. Yeah. This is an eternal striving that we're involved in. Mm -hmm. And we can't just fix it in a week or a day, but it can be fixed. Yeah. That's the good news. And I do think like for me, it was almost 20 years of some struggle, right? Absolutely. Like you, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, it's going to take another 20 to fix this. Yeah. But I think that Satan's lies and limiting beliefs are way less powerful than God's. Right. So I think when we do his way, God's way, it's a hundred times more powerful and we don't need years and years and years right. to heal this. Do you feel like that? No, totally. And and that was the surprising thing for me mm-hmm. is that when I made that choice and mm-hmm. it is my choice and I made it and it was my walk with God really mm-hmm. right in trusting that. And I honestly thought, 
I don't know how this is going to get fixed. There's been so many things right. that have happened. That's how I don't even know who he is. He doesn't even right. know who I am because right. when you're married, the addiction is the common denominator. Right. Even if I'm not addicted, mm-hmm. I'm still in that relationship. Right. Yep. So, but the miracle of the, of all is that he did fix it and he is fixing it and he is helping him and I to become the eternal beings that we have always been. Mm-hmm. But we lose sight of that. Yeah. We get smashed down and up in this life. Yeah. Right. It's when exhausting. Oh, it's so exhausting. I just think really like we came down here and we said we wanted to do this. Like I don't think we had a clue what we, we were signing up no for. Clue. No. We had no clue. Mm-mm. Um but as I walked part of that walk with God then at that point was figuring out revelation better. So we, show them your book for a second. Okay. So this tell is, them a little bit about okay. this. That's right. Sorry, I'm not good at this. There you go. Yep. <laughs> Patterns of revelation. Mm-hmm. So this was another interesting thing is that I started trying to study and understand revelation better because, um, that's the key. It's the key. And I, and Mm -hmm. I started having these experiences in the temple, Mm -hmm. even outside the temple where the veil was becoming thin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at first I was like, am I crazy? (laughs) (laughs) And I always tell them, so I teach Institute and I always tell my students, I'm like, Mm -hmm. the minute you start saying, am I crazy? I'm like, you're on the right path. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You're on the right path. (laughs) So I just, um, had been studying for so long and I've, and I was having these experiences and I was seeing God's hand and I was trusting and having faith. Um, but I still was not getting the full grasp of this revelation thing. And so I actually, my husband and I started studying revelation, anything we could get our hands on scriptures, um, prophets, books, conference, talks. conference, talk, like just everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And we just started, I started noticing that there was a pattern. And I, it, during this time, I, when I was listening to something the um, it came out that, and it was a pattern in the scriptures. That's the thing I love about patterns. First of all, is that they're always going to work. Right. They never deviate. If you can figure it out. If you can figure out the equation Mm -hmm. or the formula Mm -hmm. or whatever, that it will always work. Mm -hmm. And you can take stock in that and have faith in that. Right. And so I literally was would get up every morning and read through the scriptures. And I had this this like list of like mm, writing things down and this and that. And and I would write the scriptures that I had found related to that. And I had it was a black was a black notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I started doing that, one of the, one of the things that kept coming up was the writing of something down. And I went, that's just really, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that was one of the parts because most of us are doing mm-hmm. that was the, the huge, rest of the things. Yes, that right? was a huge thing I was yeah. missing. There was a couple of things that I was missing. I wasn't giving time to hear the Lord. Me neither. That's the I other wasn't part. listening. That was me too. I was just thinking it was going to come in some, some way, some form. But you talk the whole time during your prayer. You exactly. Don't say, you don't stop no. to listen. And then it was the recording. And what I quickly realized that when it said in the scriptures and the voice of the Lord came unto me saying, Mm-hmm. that's someone hearing God's voice and writing it down. Yeah. That's what scriptures are. Mm-hmm. And so I started going, wow, this is crazy. So I, um, started writing down every little impression. Cause he, he, the question is, is that my thought right. or, or is, is it, it from God right. or is it whatever? And, you know, I heard someone, it was very simplified for me. And they said, well, usually you're in your mind thinking I'm going to do this, or should I do that? Mm -hmm. Satan, a lot of the times I'll know a prompting from, from the railing against it. So a lot of times you have this prompting, go help someone with the dishes or go do the dishes Mm -hmm. with, is that a prompting? And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, yeah, because it's prompting you to do something good because Mm -hmm. in the scriptures, anything good comes from God. Mm -hmm. And if it's prompting you to do something good, then that's a, then that's God's voice. Mm-hmm. So I started writing down everything. Like I had the impression today 
to take someone flowers, or I had the impression today to say hi to someone or, or whatever the case may be. And it was very kind of um, cumbersome mm-hmm. in the beginning. Right. Um, like weight loss and you're supposed to write down everything you eat. Yeah. You know, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, but the promise says, right, this is, this mm-hmm. is part of the pattern. And so as I started doing that, when you start doing that, you start hearing the cadence mm-hmm. of the Lord's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had, there's a cadence to revelation. Mm-hmm. And as you write it down, you're also telling the Lord, it matters mm-hmm. what you say to me, right? I'm going to, I'm going to write it down. And as I started writing it down, I started getting more revelation and pretty soon sentences would form paragraphs would form. And and then like in a 15 minute span, I'd have five minutes of, or five pages of revelation. Mm-hmm. And when, and when it, the first time that it happened to me, I remember I was kneeling down, I was praying, I had stopped and taken some time to let God speak to me mm-hmm. if there was something that needed to be said. And I had a paper and pen by my bed with the intent that if he was to give me something, you would be, I would be ready. Mm -hmm. And that's bless her soul, sister Nelson. Right. I mean, she has revealed so the, the pattern Mm -hmm. that the prophet receives revelation. Yes. He keeps a notepad and a lighted pen by his bed. Um, in case it comes in the middle of the night, because a lot of times it will come. That's what I feel. And I have a kind of, I have a thought about that. And I think it's when we're finally still, Still. we're finally still right. Yeah. We're taking the time where we haven't all of these other thoughts are invading our minds. Right. We're actually letting the Holy ghost, Mm -hmm. like give him a second to speak to us. Mm -hmm. And I, and I believe because I, you don't just get words. I've had dreams. I've had And a lot of this has to do with family history and I'll get to that in a second. But as I, the first time that that happened, I, I just sat there crying because there was like three paragraphs and Mm -hmm. my husband was kind of watching me. He was in the bed Mm -hmm. next to me, just kind of watching what was happening. And he looked at me and he said, what just happened? And I said, I don't know, but Holy cow. And when I read back what had been written, it sounded like scripture and it didn't come from you. No, heck no. People like yeah. people that know me know. I mean, I have mm-hmm. special words when I say pickle, when I play pickleball, right. I like, yeah. it's not, <laughs> I am not like a trained scriptorian or right. whatever right. the case may be. And I knew it was from him and it was doctrine and it was related to me, very mm-hmm. specific instructions to my situation. Mm-hmm. And it was eye opening for me. And as soon as I kind of unlocked that gate, it's kind of one of those, Elder McConkie describes it this way. It's like tuning into a radio station. Once you can get the station, mm-hmm. you can turn to, tune, tune to it every time. Mm-hmm. But it's just getting to that station that makes sense. to know where the cadence is coming from. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, like, I have experiences where I know that it's coming. Mm-hmm. And I'll be driving and mm-hmm. I'm like, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. I got to pull over. Mm-hmm. And so I type it into my phone. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like in mountain America credit union parking mm-hmm. lot, right. Typing revelation down. I've just, done voice memos <laughs> where I'll just hit voice memo and I'll just start talking. <laughs> that voice memo scare me. I don't know how to do that. Oh, I have to show you after this. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll go. So, um, you came here for me. So I'll voice okay. memo for you. Got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> But that was, that's the cool thing is that then you have a record of it. Mm-hmm. And then the even cooler thing. And if is, you don't get it down, it's gone. You're not going to notice it. And you it doesn't swear. come back. No. And you swear in the moment, there's no way you're going to forget right. it. Right. No way. But every single time you try to remember I know. It. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. Yeah, it's so frustrating. But my husband said to me, because what I do is I either have my notebook at the time. If I don't have my notebook, mm-hmm. then I, then I have my phone. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I transfer it to the notebook after the notebook, I actually type it in mm-hmm. to a word document. Right. So you have it. So I have it. And that way, like if I need to go search something mm-hmm. like a revelation on one of my children, for example, mm-hmm. I type in their name and it pulls oh, that all is so brilliant. revelation to do that, that they have given me about that. He has given me about that particular child and I can go, Oh yeah. Mm. You can take that a is brilliant. I'm going to do that. Well, it came, it came from my husband. That was one of the ideas and it has been, so I don't get it. Like in a word document, do you have that kid's name? 
No, I just have the date. Oh, and then I just type out the revelation. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is I don't, I don't have just the date, but I have the time. Okay. To kind of see Mm -hmm. if there's a pattern right in that, in that. So it's been Mm -hmm. kind of interesting to see, um, but it happens. So you don't pull out the revelation of this kid and put it on anything no, specific. You no. just go through and look for their name. Like, I type in the search bar. Oh, their and, name. Oh, and the search bar will tell you yeah. where, oh, because if you that. put find in a, in a uh-huh. word document, like find, okay. However you mm-hmm. do, I can show, I can mm-hmm. show you. How to okay. Yeah. Show me that. Mm-hmm. It's going to take two of us. Yes. Yes, exactly. All this technology. Yes. Technology. Mm-hmm. But then you can pull up anything like, and let's say, um, you have a question on what you should do about a calling. Mm-hmm. Well, you can pull up, you can type in the keyword and it calling, pulls up. and then it will pull up everything you've gotten on that. Mm-hmm. It is so cool because it's yeah. like you have your own personal set of scriptures. That's exactly what it is. Instead of like just your patriarchal blessing exactly. as your personal. Set and that's of how it should be. It should be because the pattern, you know, the spirit does speak mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways for right. sure. But I believe eventually we have to get to the point where here we're hearing his voice mm-hmm. for, ourselves. for ourselves and not the prophet hearing his voice yes. for us. Yes. And the thing is, is you can check it. You know, sometimes you may wonder if that's coming from him or not. And right. you can always check it against what the scriptures mm-hmm. and, and the, the prophets. prophets. And if it is gelling with what they're mm-hmm. saying, then it's 100% mm-hmm. um, revelation. Mm-hmm. And that's why the prophet has said, you will not spiritually survive without it without it because we are becoming a world in a we are living in a world where truth is um like pliable right it's so skewed it's so skewed Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. and you don't know what's right or wrong Mm -hmm. what's up or down it is so confusing it's so confusing but the lord can talk to you and tell you Mm -hmm. even minute by minute Mm -hmm. what you're supposed to be doing and i 100 percent like I said, he is no respecter of persons. I love that thought too. And I've heard that anyone, over and over again yeah. lately. And I just think it's special for me to, to realize he loves every single one of us yeah. the same. And if we want it and we desire it and we ask for it, yeah, we will get it. Yeah. And his work and his glory, right. Is mm-hmm. to bring to pass our mortal immortality and eternal yeah. life to become like that's his, it's his, focus, that's, his job. that's, that's all, all that matters. Does. Right. Right. And so he wants, besides creating universes and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. Mm, You know, (laughs) which is so crazy, but he would want to speak to us. us. That's the crazy part, but that's his, probably the most favorite thing. I mean, don't you love having phone calls with your kids? Mm -hmm. Like these full conversations Mm -hmm. where they're listening and you're listening. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things where if you think in that way, and and Moses said, would to God that all the Lord's people were prophets mm-hmm. in their own lives. Mm-hmm. And that really struck me mm-hmm. because I feel like if he is no respecter of persons, then we can have the same experiences as Nephi, as Moses, as Enoch, as all of these. But it's our unbelief that keeps us back from that. And the book um, has a lot of, it's kind of formulaic because... Mm-hmm. President Nelson in January of 2021 in the Leahona, mm-hmm. um, he talked about all this stuff I'd been studying. He put it succinctly in one article and it's growing into the principle of revelation. And as soon as I, <laughs> as soon as he gave that article, I'm like, well, I don't know why I just, why do I need, why to, write I need to study? Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And so um, it kind of had a form formulaic, um, the Lord speaks to my husband a lot of times in formulas. Mm -hmm. And so it has a formula in there that if you do all of these things, then the result is Mm -hmm. personal revelation. So the other one that I struggled with and this book came as a prompting a revelation, you need to write a book in 2019, January and call it patterns of revelation. And I thought you are insane. (laughs) Like I haven't finished college. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Like I have no business doing that. And I like I literally had to have my YSA kids help me format it because I had I don't I don't know any of that. So this is literally like Nephi saying, okay, tell me where the tools are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll start from there. And I'll start building about yeah. Mm -hmm. And what what really stuck out to me, I think, through all of this, and 
the other piece that most people are missing is the the family history part of it. Every time the prophet talks about receiving revelation, he always includes temple attendance and family history in it. Before I started doing temple and family history work before, you know, Luana came into my life and out of my life in that quick moment, um, I didn't get it or understand it. But as I started doing family history and the veil started becoming thin for me, then revelation was flowing. It was like a, an open, an open tap where hmm. because of those experiences and because of the temple and everything else, then that, then pure revelation also came in. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm having dreams right now with names in them. Mm. And they're, they end up being relatives and they need their work done. So this isn't just getting on family search and saying, come up with five names for me. Well, I mean, it, or is it, it can start that way for mm -hmm. sure. Cause that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, and that's okay. <laughs> that's and that's it. where it is, but, but that's where it starts. And, mm -hmm. and when you start paying attention to the revelation, like when you're sitting in the temple and, and you get a certain prompting to that this person maybe there's something different about this. Then you go back and look at them and you, you realize they needed their family put in, they needed their family found. Mm -hmm. And it opens this gate up and I, I don't quite understand it. And maybe it's the part of the gener the priesthood power in the generations, right? Mm -hmm. That they mm -hmm. are giving, they are using their priesthood power that you give them because mm -hmm. you can't use priesthood power on yourself. Mm -hmm. They're giving it to you in your life. Because they're saying, all right, because they don't have food to worry about, right? They don't have jobs. They don't. So what are they going to use their priesthood power on? Mm -hmm. You, right? Mm -hmm. And especially if you're looking and wanting to be involved, it's like a, um, a light or a fly being attracted to a light or a bug. When they know that someone is looking listening. and listening, mm -hmm. it will come to you like a flood. Hmm. So and, you're finding these names, like, you know how to do that part of it. Yeah. Like it's literally just a name and it's like, it will, it, one of them was Nora Gillibrand, hmm. right? The other one was Tammy McNichols. And the funny thing is when I got Tammy McNichols, I'm like, there is no way that's a family history name. That's like an eighties yeah, high hair name. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Very but high hair. I looked and sure enough, there's a Tammy McNichols in the system and she needed her work done. Hmm. And I was related to her. So there's a way for all of that to happen. And, and that's what I teach in Institute. I call it a gathering of Israel, but mm -hmm. it's, we're talking about, because in Joel, it talks about in the last days, your mm -hmm. young men and old men will see dreams and have visions and mm -hmm. all of those things. Well, why? Right. It's so that we can gather Israel. So if you're gathering and if you're a gatherer, first of all, you have no need to fear. Second of all, the veil becomes thin in ways that you never thought possible. And I have family members. I have dads. I have two children on the other side of the bell. And I have had some sweet experiences with them. Mm. Um, because how do you mother someone on the other side of the bell? You mm -hmm. don't stop being their mom. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there, and through revelation, the Lord has just taught me so many things. Does it mean that I never have fear? No. I mean that one thing that's just being a human it's just being in mortality exactly and having that faith mm -hmm. trust in it my husband's a lot better at faith than i am in the things mm -hmm. that i've been told mm -hmm. um but that's the cool thing is we we're working together so i think um the book is all about like in you it's all found in the scriptures and right. prophets mm -hmm. um but basically it's pulled together the pattern that mm -hmm. exists and um, and it's something you you need to study not just read once like correct. i need to go back yeah and study it like any formula it's not just in your head right as soon as you read it yeah well and it's adjusting because every person mm -hmm. will have a different place in their life that they need to tweak right right because mm -hmm. we're all different mm -hmm. but it's just whatever your tweak is in the pattern mm -hmm. you can have confidence that God will speak to you and he will give you his errand. And that has to do with parenting. That has to do with marriage. That has to do with callings, everything that matters, that, really. that matters. Mm -hmm. God will speak to you and it will be in the night. It can be in the day. It can be. Did you find a pattern on the times when you um, were for me? Yeah. It, it seemed to be more at night. Hmm. Um, but as I started 
like getting that mm-hmm. and getting the cadence down, then it started coming to the day because the God can speak to you anytime. anytime. And the, the interesting thing is I would, I teach my, my students in Institute um, about these dreams and the names and stuff. They are so awesome that they're sitting in class and they get a name come to their mind and they go and check it and they're related. So they're getting it in real time. Wow. And I don't know if this, this generation is just amazing amazing yeah. in so many ways, mm-hmm. but they, they don't have, I think the traditions of their fathers that they have to overcome mm-hmm. because I think sometimes we have been taught, Oh, we don't, you know, if it, if you do have these experiences, then you don't share them or, right, right. you know, all of the traditions that we're trying mm-hmm. to get over, but mm-hmm. the prophet is begging and pleading with us to understand how to hear him. And it, and it can come in different forms. It can come in promptings. It can come, come in a, a continual thought that happens over and over again, mm-hmm. but eventually it really needs to lead. The end part is hearing his voice and writing it down. Yeah. Because that's really the ultimate way that like we hear um, so many things through revelation and it's actually the pattern in the endowment when we go through mm-hmm. there's so many things to learn and, but if we're not receiving revelation uh, then it's so hard it's right so hard. it's just one of those things that um is kind of absolutely necessary and i believe our spiritual survival depends on the hearing him but i think our family survival our marriage survival depends on not only hearing him but um being in the temple a lot, a yeah. lot, a lot. I've had the same kind of experiences and I've been going every week for a while and I'm one that didn't love the temple. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. And I had a really hard time. My first time I went in and I felt anxious every time I went, I'm like, I'm going to do it wrong. And someone's going to get mad at me. Mm-hmm. And it was just not good for yeah. me. And just this past year, Heavenly father has told me you need to be in the temple once a week. And yeah. I have been, I haven't missed a week yeah. when I go out of town, I go two times a week before the week after, and there's a power that I'm just barely figuring out that you have already figured out, but it, that's where I was, you know, I'm like, I cannot even get there much less like once a week when he said that I was like, no, I know, no, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, and you're just, what happens is, is as you go and you start to learn and feel the power that's there, you then tap into the power from the, your ancestors Mm -hmm. and then that causes so much more revelation to flow because it's coming directly from someone who loves you and who is, and you know, it's just, it's this really cool experience. And, you know, there are so many different experiences that people have, but it really comes under all one umbrella. And that's, the Lord speaking to his children and getting us ready for his second coming. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a reason why, you know, the, the prophet has said over 50 times since he's been prophet prepared for the second coming prepared mm-hmm. for the second coming. And he always, always, always includes temple in that temple and family history work because their temple. It's so awesome to go to the temple, but mm-hmm. if you're not bringing family names, mm-hmm. you're missing a huge part, a huge part of that blessing of revelation. So, and as you include, and, and part of that revelation, when you get used to hearing his voice, he can tell you directly who you need to go focus on today in the temple, right? Who are the people? And, and a lot of times I feel like I I've got, you know, a father on the other side of the veil. And for me, the only way I was able to stay close to him was to be involved in something that he was involved in. And, um, so I feel like he goes and teaches the lessons. And then he says, I know someone who will do your work. And then I get sent these dreams and, and all of the other things that have been happening to me. Um, do you think that's your spiritual gift or do you think that's possible for us? Like normal yeah, 100%. people, 100%, <laughs> like normal people like me. I wasn't, because I wasn't getting that before I started doing temple and family history work. And it says, it says nothing about it in my patriarchal blessing, but if you read, um, about the spiritual gifts in, mm-hmm. in Moroni mm-hmm. and the Doctrine and Covenants and mm-hmm. stuff, it talks about the discerning of spirits. It talks about the beholding of, of angels. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So those are spiritual gifts that anyone can have, mm-hmm. but because of our unbelief, we feel like we can't have them. Mm-hmm. Well, then God is a respecter of persons then. Right. If I can get it and you can't, mm-hmm. but in this last, in this temple and spiritual foundation, the prophet talks about, um, if you go to the temple, you learn how to part the veil between heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying just for Tia. Mm-hmm. That was to anyone and everyone who wanted to take him up on his promise promise exactly that's pretty powerful stuff isn't it yeah and what is and it we mean? don't hear it no we and don't hear it that's why i loved your book i was like yeah. wait i love books where i read them and i haven't heard this in a million conference talks and you just say it in a way that's really powerful i think in your well book. and they were pulled from from it's all it's all doctrinal it's all, doctrine. it's all the gospel yeah because the they doctrine of christ from my in fact right. i had a hard time Putting in my experiences because because I didn't want it to be Tia says mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. Um, but I needed to provide examples in my life right where these things I think really those do are the things happen. that help people though yeah you know the examples because yeah. then like oh she's a real person yeah. she plays pickleball <laughs> no, that means she's like a real person like me <laughs> yes I'm a hot mess like everybody <laughs> else but I think that's that's the whole crux of it right we're all hot messes honestly mm-hmm. yes and and this life is a mess but there's beauty in the imperfectness mm-hmm. and there's peace in the imperfectness mm-hmm. and and this isn't about being perfect right and for me for a long time I think a lot of times because of the way I was raised and the, and mm-hmm. the divorce situation I felt like like I was always coming at it from a point of guilt mm-hmm. right the gospel mm-hmm. was guilt for me mm-hmm. it was I got to do it or I'm going to right, hell, like right. all of those things. Mm-hmm. And it was a checklist, right? But in reality, transactional, exactly. But in reality, it's just a father loving his children mm-hmm. and just wanting to talk to him mm-hmm. and wants them to come home. Mm-hmm. That's just all it is. And when I put all of those things behind me and they still creep up from time to time as they will, they will, um, I'm able to, like, oh, okay, that's right. I remember. And I mm-hmm. go back to what I know and I go back and search the revelations and I go back. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have probably five or six notebooks now full of just messages from God. And um, they have become my most prized possession. They're my own set of personal scriptures, my own Liahona, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so everyone, 100%, can receive revelation they just have to do the like the prophet the formula says, the spiritual work necessary right and if you're willing to do that then dreams and visions and all or other sorts of revelation can be yours and i i 100 testify of that that the formula does work and that he does love us and that revelation will flow into your life in ways you can't even imagine and this is coming from a little girl from a divorced family who had so many traumatic experiences even before I was married and then after I was married mm-hmm. so many more right but um I I'm able to overcome that most of the time mm-hmm. um, because of a an eternal set of parents and a brother who just loves me mm-hmm. and is patient with me mm-hmm. and that's 100 how he feels about everyone mm-hmm. so yeah just a last thought i feel like for so long i thought this stuff was all happening to me sure right all of it yeah and now i feel like it happened for me right is that how you feel yeah I would say most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. One, I I would say that um, I couldn't. I don't think I would have learned what I have learned. Right. I don't think I would way. have either. And I think that's the pattern, right? He gives us line upon line, precept upon precept, and if we trust in Him, in everything, not just what we think, but everything, mm-hmm. that there is something to learn in all of it, and really what it comes down to is we're trying to become like them. Right. And who are we to think that we shouldn't have hard things and yet make it to where they're at. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought of that often, like what could bring it because I want to be standing next to you sometime. I want to yeah. be worthy to be yeah. able to be in your presence. Yeah. And that's what, the, and that's really 
what revelation leads to. That's what the endowment leads to. And that's what they're teaching is the brother of Jared experience, right? Mm -hmm. Is coming back into their presence. And the interesting thing is that in the temple, nowhere does it mention death. Hmm. And yet we put off that promise, right? Till, till the celestial world or, or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. But the reality is we can have it, we now. Can have it now and and we need it now. exactly and then when the prophet says the greatest manifestations mm -hmm. that have ever been are still I love coming that. do we even grasp what that no means? i was like for other people i'm sure that's true that's no, what i was thinking it's ready for us mm -hmm. i mean the things that are coming are the city of enoch like mm -hmm. we get to hang out with translated beings mm -hmm. how cool is that <laughs> right it doesn't get cooler it doesn't get cooler <laughs> but it starts with that basic mm -hmm. hearing his voice, having him lead you line upon line, precept upon precept, accepting his will in all things, mm -hmm. because you will get prompted to do things you don't you don't do. want to do. That's the majority of the time. Yeah. That's why I know it's coming from him because it's against the natural man. It is. Yes. And it's scary. It's and it scary. takes courage and all of it. But as you get these experiences with the Lord, and as you walk this path with the Lord, he elevates you and gives you assurance that you can have faith in the next hard thing and the next hard thing mm -hmm. and the next hard thing. And it's just a whole bunch of chains mm -hmm. formed together of these experiences of trusting in the Lord and having it work out, but you cannot put a timetable on it. You can't, that's the tricky not part. a bending machine that you can say, okay, I'm doing this now. Give me that. Mm -hmm. You've got to trust in whatever the timetable is and what it looks like. Yeah. So, and I think as humans, that's a hard thing to do, especially in an instant yep. society, but you know, I'm, you know, I prayed this morning that, um, that he would open my mouth to just be able to testify of these things. And, mm -hmm. and that's what this really is about is mm -hmm. all of us getting experience and, and testifying so that the next person can have courage and the next person can have courage because it's not just about prophets. Mm -hmm. and general women's authorities it's about right. you and me you know sitting in your front in your office mm -hmm. having this conversation and testifying to all of those out here there mm -hmm. who have had lives that aren't storybook that it's going to be okay mm -hmm. if you include god in mm -hmm. it and you learn how to hear him so, oh, that was so good, Tia. Thank you so much for You're being welcome. here. It's fun. This is my first podcast. <laughs> and isn't she amazing? Now she's going to have a million more, but oh, thank you so much for being You're here. Welcome. It was wonderful. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. And remember, seek and expect miracles. And we'll see you next time.